0: just to face whatever it is you fear the most. And how are you going to do battle? You guys talk about the warrior path just being ready for anything at all times. And it's like most of the time you don't even know what to expect. So how can you be ready for it? But just knowing that you're going to be able to go into battle and then whatever comes out the other side being proud of. So when you cross that finish line, just saying like, oh my God, that was the worst, but I did it. I'd love to see people talk about that more rather than, I had to choose my words carefully, rather than quit early. And, and sometimes DNFing and, and quitting is completely justified. I'm, I'm the last person that's going to judge. But most of the times I think people can just go to that next level of going to battle.
1: That was Billy Hafferty, plant-based endurance athlete, and this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My name is Jess, and I am the host of this audio adventure where every week we bring to you people who are looking, finding, and living their purpose. And if you can believe this, we only have two more episodes banked from our Ride the High Vibe tour, but not to worry. The show is continuing as we have lots of awesome folks in the queue to share with you from our new locale in California. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, we're getting new listeners every week. I want to bring you up to speed on the Ride the High Vibe Tour and what exactly that was because we reference it several times during this interview. So in June of 2016, BJ, my husband and co-host, Clark, our golden retriever, and myself, Pulled out of the driveway of our dream home in Newport, Rhode Island, with everything we owned tucked into our Honda Fit. We had just finished getting rid of almost everything we owned. And when I say everything, I am talking about family photos, handed down gems like holiday ornaments, and my grandmother's jewelry. Everything. We hit the road that day officially homeless with no plan other than to be in service of others and land in California. It was our primary intent to travel the country to raise awareness that living a more vibrant life is within reach for all. Six months to the day, we landed in Carlsbad, California, in a tiny studio by the beach. Over those six months, we experienced intensity like never before, connection like never before, and discovery of ourselves like never before. One of the most amazing products of the tour was all of the people we interviewed along the way. And so after months of launching these interviews every week, we are now down to the final two. And today's guest is one of those. We met Billy at the very beginning of the tour in Lake Placid, New York. And like so many of the connections we made, we stayed in touch. He followed our journey and we followed his Today's interview is the product of our reconnection during our stay in Arizona back in October, the last state before we made the California plunge. At that time, Billy was just a few weeks out from Ironman Cozumel, a final push that he was making to qualify for Kona. And if he didn't qualify, he was ready to walk away from the 140.6 distance for good. This conversation is an in-depth look into Billy's journey, his walk into the unknown, his road to plant-based nutrition, and the dissection of a controversial blog post that he authored following Ironman Chattanooga last year. A post that sparked much conversation, one that maybe you caught wind of, or maybe you were one of the many people who commented on this multi-sport rant. Well, this is a look inside to the author. A chance for him to share his intent, And let us all know what it feels like to be on the receiving end of such controversy. I love this conversation because there's something so vulnerable in Billy's words and his struggles are real. I dig in on my questions with Billy and I think we unearthed some pretty cool realizations. We appreciate you tuning in today and thank you so much for your support. You guys, we couldn't do it without you. So please continue to use the Amazon banner ad and check out our Patreon page where for as little as a couple bucks a month, you can help us keep sharing inspiring stories every week so that we can learn how people like Billy are living on purpose in their life. Stay tuned during the outro for an update on Billy's whereabouts and ongoings since our time with him last fall. So without any further ado, I invite you into our conversation with plant-based endurance athlete Incona. Kona. Well, you're just going to have to listen to the outro and find out that info. Billy Hafferty. All right. Are you nervous?
0: Why are you nervous? <laughs> Nobody can see you. You guys always told me I had the perfect face to be on the podcast. <laughs>
1: I love your shirt, though. Grow up hair. Oh, a pair.
0: Oh, grow a pair. <laughs>
1: what does that mean? What does that mean, grow a pair? Let's just start there. <laughs> what does that mean in the way that you walk in this
0: world? It's a, it's a picture of a, of a pear tree.
1: It is. It's, it's a picture of a tree with a like pear listeners. and it says grow a pear, but I want to know like, what does that mean to you? Because I know what it means to me, grow a pear. Because I'm growing a pear like every day these days.
0: I don't know. I just- It's a
2: cool t-shirt.
0: All right. We I, I know. We could have gone somewhere really awesome with
1: that, but whatever. <laughs> Trying to direct this. Go with it.
2: What were you going to say?
1: What, is grow, what does grow a pear mean to you, BJ?
2: Means get out there and get it done.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Man up. There you go. And so, (laughs) you actually did grow a pair, though. From the time that we saw you in Lake Placid, so we met you in Lake Placid at the beginning, at the beginning of our tour. Which Mm -hmm. is actually a question for you is. You met us. We didn't know you, and now you're here with us in Arizona. And as we were just discussing, we seem to have run out of states, and we have to do this California thing we've been talking about for so long. So, what has it looked like from your perspective? From meeting us and then being here at my sister's house in Arizona and recording this podcast?
0: It wasn't real until you kind of said that, and um, kind of looking back, it's it's been a crazy it's been a crazy few months. Yeah, we were just down at Mirror Lake, and you guys had big smiles on, kind of just giving your energy out, and and uh, the crew that I was down there with was also yeah know, we high
1: energy group
0: for sure. And I think Clark sure. was
1: might have been a big connector. Clark, <laughs> Clark has Clark been a major <laughs> Clark's been a major connector for us. But yeah, so you've kind of been following our journey, and like, what has that looked like? From your perspective, because I know what it looks like from our perspective, but somebody who's been watching it.
0: Uh, like you said, I mean, you guys ran out of states. Like, you've been <laughs> a lot more places than me. I just found of I, I, I posted up in Colorado for a bit, and now I'm in Arizona. Um, so seeing you guys, like, I just bounce around. I packed all my stuff up in, in a big truck. You guys have it in a, in a tiny little car. Um <laughs>
1: I was adding up our mileage yesterday, and we've driven well over five thousand miles.
0: That's insane. Since what, June fourteenth? Since you June
1: fourteenth. Yeah, crazy. and we've done a lot of like, like ten weeks <clears throat> in. We were only three hours from the place we started. Like we've been in t- like time zones, and then gone back to other time zones, and we're about to do that again this Saturday because. It's Or a Sunday because it's daylight savings mm-hmm. time. And now we're going to be back on mountain time. It's so funny because I feel this like push-pull, push-pull. Yeah,
2: three hours, two you know hours. we've driven like east and west.
1: Yeah, we don't like driving east
2: anymore. <laughs> <But sometimes, laughs> I think like the so latest close. one was from, was from Utah. We had to drive east on whatever that road was to get around the Grand Canyon. All right. And then come down. So we're like, we've got to go east to go west. Why can't we just... Uh-uh. West. Yeah.
1: But I th- I love it because it's such a metaphor for life, like the push-pull and the, you know, going East when you want to go West and, and paying paying your dues and doing the diligence to get, you know, where we want to go, which for us, it's it's living purpose and, and living in alignment. So when we met you in Lake Placid, I mean, we were like at a triathlon and you were talking to BJ and you were talking about like how you weren't so happy in a corporate job anymore, like not normal triathlon talk. And so what happened from the time that we met you? And I know we stayed in touch with you, but give us the rundown of, of what happened because you've gone through a lot of transformation since that day.
0: There was a lot. Yeah. And that was, it it was funny because usually you meet people at triathlons and all you, talk about is, you know, the races and stuff like that. But yeah, BJ and I just started talking about, you know, the journey that you guys just started on. And I remember I k- said to you a couple of times, BJ, yeah, I'm just not there yet. Like, ah, oh, that's the journey I want to be on, but I'm just not there yet. I don't know what's out there, but, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it someday. And, and then, um, and then we started, kept in touch on, on Facebook a little bit and you were like, yeah, don't, you can't or can't rush it. Um, there's no uh, uh, there's no timeline, just 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 be you. and um, so July I just started living out in, in Colorado. I was uh, out there for about a month. Yeah, I thought I thought the move to Colorado was going to be fine. I stayed in the same position um, that I was when I left Boston, uh, the same type role, but I thought the move to Colorado was was the answer.
1: Oh, we call that a geographic.
0: A geographic, yeah, yes. classic, that's, that's, classic
1: geographic. Right. Until you realize that, guess who comes with you?
0: You, yes, you <laughs> got to go to <laughs> right. you
1: got to go to Denver. Has not, has not. Believe me, I've driven over five thousand miles, and guess who is always there? <laughs> me, I'm art. always there. Yeah, so you pulled a geographic, and how did that work?
0: It was the same type problem. The job wasn't. Who I was, and it was sucking up more and more time. And
1: what was it? What were you doing?
0: Project management role for a, a construction company mm-hmm. um, 70, sometimes 80 hour weeks. It was just not where I wanted to invest my time. The money wasn't worth the investment of time. Yeah. And it was slowly, slowly just eating away.
1: Yeah. But on paper, like quote unquote secure,
0: super secure. Yeah super stable right, right. good income <laughs> right, right everything
1: we're supposed to want
0: i guess so yeah So what
1: happened why didn't you want it anymore
0: i mean i wanted the the income um but i just didn't want i don't want to be spending so much of my life the construction site i'll never forget like looking out of the trailer and seeing the mountain ranges and i was like looking out of the window and just being able to touch them i was like hey, i want to go explore i want to be out there i want to see see more things just there's a whole world out there.
1: I love that and you're literally like
0: you're looking at seeing them.
1: Seeing it through there's like you and then there's your job that's right. like literally in front of you and then past that are these big mountains.
0: That's what I went like, to Colorado for.
1: Calling you. Yeah. Physically you have this job in between you and the mountains. Right. Right.
0: right. In that moment. But you can see it but like mm-hmm. it's not it's 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 still real. You you um it was almost like I could reach out and touch him, but I was just behind the window and I had to crank away at the computer, you know, like, uh, oh, get this done, get this paperwork done, send out a million emails, blah, blah, blah. So really? yeah, eventually it was just it was just too much. I was like, I don't wanna this isn't why I moved. You know, I I wanna explore some more.
1: I wanna dig into that a little bit more because I think a lot of us will say like, you know, eventually, and BJ said this with his job, like eventually, you know, I just couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, for for me, it was, you know, eventually I just, I couldn't deal with having all this material stuff anymore. I had to get rid of it. But what were some moments? Like, do you remember any moments like when you came home from work one night and you just felt, you know, maybe miserable? I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how did what did that eventual look like how did it build
0: so one of the actually one of the guys i was working with was um we were we were out to lunch just me and him and he was talking about all the all the guns that he had and the thing that ran, rang out the most was just how he was going to build a whole gun closet of just all these guns and i just couldn't relate to him anymore and the next day i came across a quote and it was just Said something to the effect of, You are the average of uh, the five people you spend the most time with. And I just said, This guy and the other two guys I was around, I was like, They can't be three out of the five. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love please, it. I can't. I it can't, can't be <laughs> gun
1: closet guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he just was so <laughs> passionate about, like, just going on. You can just see him going on, polishing. There's nothing against gun owners or anything. I just couldn't relate to all the stuff that he was telling me and how badly he wanted to make the best guns and blah blah blah. So I was just uh, a disconnect there. These guys
1: can't be three of the five. <laughs> right. They can't That's be what I the said. Majority. And I said that to
0: my boss when I called him the next day. I, I said I was like, listen, like these aren't the people that I just surround myself with and
1: So that call to your boss, was that the call when you quit your job? Yeah,
0: for sure. And they they tried to bring me back in a couple of times and talk me off the the ledge, quote unquote, off the ledge, you know, in their mind. But it was a decision that I think had already been made for weeks. I just needed someone to give me an elbow.
1: So prior to this, and I don't think it was, I know you had been back and forth with BJ and I remember a particular exchange that you and I had. I just, you came into my mind one day and I just reached out to you to see how things were going and you replied to me in this, um, with this description of how you were, you were starting to feel a little scared because you had an idea of a timeline of when this shift was going to happen, but you were feeling like it was, it was going to be sooner and that was really scary. And do you remember what I said to you?
0: It kind of reassured me. Like, okay, you know, there is no, there's nothing that to worry about, you know, it's, it, you're, you're on the journey.
1: Because it was so prevalent in, in my own life and, and has been since, you know, we started on this, that there is your schedule and your timeline. exactly, yep. And then there is a divine timeline and a divine schedule maker. And rarely do those two match up. But the divine one is the one that you feel. And the one that like starts to come closer and feels scary because it doesn't match up to what you wrote in your calendar or what you believe to be true or what will happen.
0: Remember it fully now. (laughs) Yeah. and
1: And I can't remember the advice. I just think I explained that to you, you know, and I said, just keep feeling into it. That's what I said. Just keep feeling into it and you'll know, you'll know when to do it. It wasn't too long after that that you posted a picture of a pedicab driver's license on on your Facebook and both BJ and I were like, oh my God, he did it. He did it. So the gun closet guy, that was a really potent moment. Was there anything else that made you, that gave you that courage to grow a pair and jump?
0: Yeah. Yeah it might take away from a little bit of the you know, the courage aspect of it, but I had a few friends who opened their, their arms and their and their house to me in Flagstaff and they are like, Yeah, listen, don't worry about it. Like if you're gonna come come crash with us, you know, you wanna try and, and figure things out here, come on by. So I, I had um a place to stay with them. Um I lined that up and I lined up a few other things with the pedicab and with writing for a couple of online uh, articles.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that takes away from the courage. I think what that shows is that when you start to move in alignment, things open up.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, we were just talking about this story about our meditation teacher who walked across the United States. He found himself w- without a dime in his pocket and saw walked by a man who was painting his house and stopped and was just watching the man, and the man looked at him and said, what are you thinking? What do you think and And he said, "Well I think I can do a better job and The guy climbed down the ladder and handed him his uh paintbrush, and he said, "Okay, then do it." and he paid him, and that's how he got his money and so it's this trust like you have to have this unwavering faith that when we step in that that the paintbrush will be handed to us, that we will have that opportunity to Make the fall from the jump a little more cushioned. It doesn't guarantee that it's always going to be cush and easy. Sometimes, if we're landing in a trampoline, sometimes we can bounce out, right? right. Like if you ever bounced out or like bounce where off. you got like your leg <laughs> stuck in the spring. Oh, yes, you know sometimes things <laughs> like that happen, but. But we survive, and um, so I don't think that that takes away from the courage at all. I think that shows that things started to unfold for you that made it a little easier for you to say, okay, I'm going to do this. But sure. it also doesn't take away from the strengthening of that feeling that what you were doing was no longer what you were supposed to do.
0: Right. Like you guys always say, like it was just kind of like a bunch of little things that you know that don't really make a ton of sense at the time. But then you realize, uh, looking back, however many weeks, months, or years, like, oh, all of this was pointing me to where I am now, like to to this this place.
2: <laughs> and you have to be in that position to be open sure. for those signs because those signs can come. and Those signs are coming in and out all the time. Like they're coming in right now. Now, sure. if you're not aware, they're just going to you know fly by but the more you open up the more you can see and be open to whatever comes and not be so hard lined at least i found that these signs are more prevalent like you start to see them and you start to go along with it more and that's something we've done on this journey is just just be open sure like you can have goals and 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 work towards them but what we find is just letting go a little bit really will will help showcase what the future may hold. So, being open to those things, I, I think talking about calling your boss and actually, you know, quitting or or saying you don't want to work sure. there anymore is a tough thing to do because you're a good employee and he probably wanted to keep you there and sure. and, and be and it's so easy right. to say yes, okay, well, you know, or more money or right. less hours, yeah, we can do this. But what really takes to grow a pair, <laughs> to grow a is pair. to
0: continue. That might, that to might have to, to be this like shirt, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's from the shirt inside out or something. I think it's going to be in a Billy
1: Hafferty, <laughs> Yogi <laughs> Triathlete podcast number on growing a pair. I
2: love it. But it's to continually stay with that momentum and keep going because it is easy to fall back. It is. You know, I we see. I see it at least. You know, come up every now and then where we. I could easily fall back into what I was doing before, but exactly, it's. Just going to bring you back to what your thoughts were, your emotions, your, you're going to be looking at those mountains again and wishing you were out there. So following that momentum and continuing to pursue what is really driving you, what is making you happy. What you want
0: to, to do
2: every right. day. Like And surrounding yourself with those five people. You've got two here. Right. <laughs> so now you've got three
0: good people. Amazing people. <laughs>
1: We've been coming in contact with so many people, and I've had a lot of long talks with people on this trip, and a lot of those talks have been around what they're doing, what they dream of, what they're scared of about pursuing those dreams, and my question to them is always, if today was your last day here on Earth, and what you're doing with it, does it fill you up? And every person that I've asked that question to has said no. Every person I've asked that question to has said no. That what they are doing in their life is not filling them up. What is it that allowed you, what do you think it is that allowed you to put that fear aside and all those questions aside and all that doubt aside and leave the paycheck and walk away from the stability, which I always air quote because I think that's such a joke. What do you think it was that, al- that allowed you to say, if today was the last day on this earth, like what I'm doing right now fills me up and owning that? Like, what do you think it was?
0: I think back to a few, uh, it wasn't thing, things or events or anything, but the people um, I think it all comes down to the people you surround yourself with. I had, like I said, came into contact with you guys. And just from the past five hours, I mean, <laughs> I biked down from Flystaff And BJ drove me, ended up driving me an hour to drop my bike off at the bike shop. And then we stayed at the bike shop for probably another half an hour. And then we drove an hour back. And then you guys cooked me dinner. Like, it's just... um. Overwhelmed, kind of, just with the caliber of people that I've come into contact with just over the past year-ish, um, that kind of set me up, and I I can only hope to 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 give back eventually. But you know, I'm not in the in the position to to, to do that right now. But yeah, the, a lot of it was just amazing, amazing girlfriend back home, a lot of different coaches, and you know, with triathlon and life, just. Kind of lined up, everything lined up, and it was just time to make the jump. I just don't – I don't think I could have done it with without such an awesome support system in the people around me, and I think you ch- attract those kind of people that you want in your life.
1: The community that you surround yourself with is everything, and – 100%. It's, it's huge, <laughs> and I love that that was your answer. I never would have thought of that as an answer, and it's so perfect because – don't feel that we ever have to do these things alone. Like, yeah, we're the ones that have to call the boss and say, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to work here anymore. But it's being open to receiving, like receiving that invitation to stay with your friends, receiving, you know, the food that we prepared for you tonight and just receiving it and knowing that we're doing it without any, wanting anything in return. And those are the kind of people that will give you the strength to make huge life changes. And I have this conversation a lot with people that I work with who are starting to meditate and what they're finding is that every relationship in their life is changing because, you know, in the the least there, I've got people who are sitting for five minutes a day Minutes a yeah. day, and their life is changing so easy yeah. and so what I explain to them or or what they find, and then we talk about is some people in some people in their lives start to fall away, and that's okay and even since we've been on this trip, people have fallen away out of our lives, and it's okay it's all right, it doesn't mean that they're bad and we're good it doesn't mean that we're mad at them and they're mad at us it just means that if everything is energy that energetic connection has been has been severed that that theirs started to go in a di- different direction than ours and when you start to align yourselves with like your purpose right you might find that people start to fall away but you also find that core group of people that give you the strength every day to Take the next step forward.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's something special, and it's something I think. Uh, just as you're saying that, it's a, it's an equal challenge to kind of give and take. I don't know. I always feel awkward just just in the car. I was like, BJ, what can I do? Like, do you want to stop? Can we get some food? Like, let me pay for gas. Like, and I just kind of feel like super awkward. Just in the position of reception.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a place where not a lot of people feel comfortable, but my response to you tonight was when you were saying like, can I do something? Can I, can I contribute? And I, and I said, you know, we're here in this beautiful house and we have this food and just allow us to prepare it for you and understand that you're going to, you're going to be in service of somebody at some point.
0: For sure. At some yeah. point, right?
1: Like it <laughs> could be tomorrow, it could be in five years, and maybe you'll remember that. Maybe it'll be in 20 years when somebody comes to you and and they need a meal, right? For and sure. And you just provide it with, with no want of anything in return. Just, right. you know, and, and the return was... Sitting and having a great chat with you. I mean, I got to talk about the Bhagavad Gita for like a half an hour, wait. which is like my drug. I love that book. And now you're gonna read it.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. I gotta put it down and, <laughs> and then sometime within the next three weeks.
1: So you made the jump you made the jump, and I've got one more question on this before we switch gears. Um the things that you feared when you were thinking about making this jump, and I know I've asked BJ this question too. The things that you feared about, you know, not having the income and, you know, not having the job or the security or whatever, have only, have any of those fears? Have you found that you ha- that you don't have what you need?
0: Never, no, it, and it's weird. Just dropping the bike off at the bike shop, and the bill was quite hefty, and I. Was- <laughs> I was, them, I was like, wow, like that was funny. Like, I just got the ch- a check, you know, for another couple of articles that I wrote the other day, and it was like almost the exact same amount. I was like, wow, that's kind of strange how how that happens. I don't know if magic's the right word for it, but just that the balance of it all maybe is a better word. So it's kind of cool. To that point, right when I, I remember packing up in in Boston and I had everything in in the back of the truck, and and all my friends were kind of kind of. Like, Oh, like good for you. Like that must, that takes so much courage and that takes so much like strength. Like, like good for you. And like kind of telling me how brave I was and all that, um, all the other buzzwords. At the time, it just felt, it it just felt right. It didn't, it didn't feel like I was uh, being brave or, you know, like having all this courage. Like it just, it felt like what I just needed to do. Yeah. But then like you guys, You get out on the road and they're like, oh, this is what they're talking about. Like, you know, like you get on your journey and like, okay, yeah, there is some like scary stuff that like pops up on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that are super hard to deal with sometimes. But I've, I grew up the past 28 years in Boston. So I like, I left, I'm a big family guy. I had a whole big social network that I kind of grew in Boston and yeah, just, just missing home and
2: worrying about what other people think. Or sure. Get the guilt, yeah. The guilt. The yeah. Guilt. All of this. I mean,
0: you guys <laughs> probably have it too, but yeah, just the same. It's the same stuff. Yeah. And it's comfortable, it's, right?
2: It's com- It'd be comfortable. For sure. Um, but
1: comfortable, but so uncomfortable because right. You moved. Right. You left it. Right,
0: right. There's no, yeah. There's no denying that. Yeah. Right. You just, see uh, how
1: like the mind works? It just like it's just, like, um, you know, there's hot- like the hotels that have like the revolving door. Yeah. I swear to God, that's what it is. Yes. It like comes in, it yes. turns around, it goes around, it comes in the back door, it's, it goes around. It's yeah. And for it's sure. just it just <laughs> spins around. But when you can uh, when you can see it, you start to understand. Oh, that's just my mind in the revolving door.
0: It's tough to think about sometimes, but then other times you know you're on the right path and you know you're, you're doing things that bring you happiness in the rawest, truest sense of, of the word.
2: And that's when you're in alignment. Like you did not, from what I'm getting from this, you did not. people were calling you brave, and, but it felt so right to you. It didn't, yeah. It right? didn't
0: feel like I was...
2: So that's, that's right. completely what's in line with what you should be doing. Like you didn't hesitate at all. There were, there were those moments, but you just continued to go through it. And that to me says, that to me, if you're looking for a sign, that's a sign that says for sure, keep
0: going for sure. Told you guys, about the the alchemist, the book, the alchemist, and and I want you to read it because uh, and I don't want to give, I don't give too much away, but it's just, um, it's awesome how it's all encompassed and. I don't know, we've had some literature exchanges tonight, and I, I reiterate that I can't wait to. Is there dive a quote into,
1: from that book that you think of or a part that you can uh, that you pull from?
0: There is, but it's okay. I don't, don't, don't want to spoil the end of it. But at the end, like the protagonist just finds he's had everything that that he's been looking for. He goes out on this wild journey, like i'll summarize it in two two sentences he goes on a wild journey he gets beat down and at the end he realizes he's had everything that he's needed for this journey all along Mm -hmm. and he's got to go on this this crazy journey so it's just it's awesome how it kind of wraps up (laughs)
1: like in order to in order for him to realize that all along he had everything he needed he had to go on this whole crazy journey
0: yeah and he had to get beat down like and robbed and like he goes through hell and yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's an awesome story. It's like <laughs> the, um,
1: it's the rock bottom. It's the, it's the classic, like you got to hit rock bottom until like, you
2: realize what you have. Is-
1: yeah. Or you hit the rock bottom before you change, you know, and, sure. and change can it's- be a change of mindset. Just realizing that you've had what you've needed all along. I was actually talking to my mother today about all the different places that we've Slept. We've <laughs> slept in a tent. We've slept in a hotel in Midtown Manhattan. We've slept in a twelve thousand square foot house. Mm-hmm. We've slept in Airbnbs. We've slept in a five thousand square foot house. We and we were doing pretty good. I have. Did you guys to say. ever sleep in the car? We've. We haven't slept over in, the and in the car,
0: reclined down. We've no? slept in
1: like a couple hotels where you kind of peel back the bed and be like, "Oof!" I had a black light. I <laughs> wouldn't sure be the so car psyched right out. now. We're, and I just go to sleep that night when I I just wear socks and like, and then I tuck my sweatpants into my socks and <laughs> a long sleeve shirt. So we've slept in all these different places. And I was saying to her, "You know, I have slept so well every single night." She said, "God, I could never do that because." You know, I I only sleep well at home. What is home? And home is like this body that I'm sitting in. That's home. And I've never felt that more than I have on this trip because every day just feels like life. I don't feel like I'm on this crazy adventure. I don't feel like anything is crazy. I just feel like it's life and everywhere I go just feels like I'm home.
0: That's an awesome way to put it. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. we keep driving like we drove home today from Tempe, like we just drove home. And we when we were in Nashville, we were just
1: driving home. Driving back from the pole
2: yeah. home. Yeah. Like, it's just a natural it's it's and it's all it's all perception, I guess. It's back to that. What is your what is your perception? What is your reality in this moment? Yeah,
1: I mean, and so and I I was this girl. I mean, I would do anything not to be with myself. I would do anything to avoid having to sit with myself. And I think that's, I know that that's how most people live, you know, and um, it's this this practice of self-reflection. And I think when you start to get away from the noise and listen to those signs of like, you know, gun closet guy is not my guy. He can't be my one in five. Like he can't, you know? And you start to listen to that and you act upon it. You start to see, you know, who you really are. And it's not, I mean, for me it was was super ugly at times, but that's how you start to find home. That's really how you start to find home. I want to switch gears because we've got a couple different things that we want to talk about. You're a plant-based athlete. Yes, ma'am. And I want to talk about that. I want to hear your plant-based story.
0: It really started for me about three years ago. Well, I started started eating, quote-unquote, healthier right after college. I I started running, and yeah, the running led to some weight loss, and uh, the weight loss led to more running, and then I just started eating healthier. But I made the decision about three years ago, coming up on three years ago, just to cut cut meat and chicken. It was actually the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I just never kind of looked back. I always thought it was just kind of, for me, it was just like unfulfilling. Like I would just, I remember finishing like a whole chicken breast or a whole prime rib and just, just being super unsatisfied and you can get so much nutrients and, uh, satisfaction from a huge salad. I get, I get the satisfaction from eating a Big bowl of salad, then you know cutting up a an ounce of steak and and eating that, so I just that's how it started, and I've been pretty much fully vegan for um almost six months now.
1: So is the cheese the last to go? Yeah, just it's like always you. The last it's always to go. the cheese, it's always, right? It's like the lingerer. It's lingering.
0: <laughs> nacho man over here. Oh my um.
1: god! Oh god! I was like, <laughs> there was a time in my life where we had some friends, male friends, who whenever we'd go out to dinner, I'd be like, "Oh, great, Brian's coming because then I can split the queso with him." Because right. BJ never really liked queso, and I literally like had thoughts sometimes like, "I wish I married a guy who liked queso." And
0: uh, <laughs> he checks all the boxes yeah, except like, for the queso.
1: Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like reason for divorce, non-queso eating husband. Oh. What was it about the dairy that you finally were able to let go of it?
0: I think I just tried it. There wasn't a there wasn't a big moment. I, I, I wanted to race I raced a couple months ago in Coeur d'Alene and I was like, okay, if you're gonna go all in, like, you gotta try it out. Like why not try it out? Nothing else is is really helped diet wise and then i didn't i didn't really miss it after i gave it up you know
1: did you feel any difference in your health or energy levels or anything in your body from letting it go
0: the major shift happened when i gave up meat
2: and you were playing football for you were playing football for many years for right? sure
0: yeah i played football for about 12 14 years um, since like second grade all the way through college and i was always an offensive lineman the conversation was, you know, how much, it wasn't like what you had. It was like, how much, how much meat did you eat? You know, like (laughs) how many pancakes can you eat? How many slices of bacon? Like, you know, it's, it's kind of just a competition, especially on the line when weight is cherished. Right. Um, That's how you move. Yeah. people. So, um, then
2: you switched and you, you lost some, a significant. Yeah.
0: You just get on that. It's like the, the upward spiral. Everybody kind of like Talks about the downward spiral of whatever the reaction is, but this is like an upward spiral. So you're kind of you're eating better, so you're feeling better, and then you're running faster or, or performing better, whatever your sport is, and 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 then you feel feel better because you you just did a, a you know whatever it is a 25 minute 5k or or, or whatever um, your goal is, and you start to go realize that it's all interconnected. You know what's what? What you put into your body is the results you get out of your body. So it was just a an experiment, and it was the one that I did the paleo thing for a while. I did the Atkins thing first, and and you know, like it was just an experiment. And then when I finally gave up meat, it was the experiment that worked.
1: Well, I think <clears throat> what happens, when I the more and more I talk to people who are on a who are vegan, like fully vegan. They've gone that way for health reasons. A lot of people are athletes that we talked to that went there. for, But then something happens. Like you're just more (laughs) open to learning. And maybe it's because you're hanging out with the vegan people and you're Mm. listening to like Rich Roll and uh, the Yogi Drew Athlete Boggoss. And you're just, you're getting educated. And so the veil starts to lift. And then once you learn, you're like, oh man, I can't go back. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't go back. And... I'm not saying that all vegans can't go back. Some people do and all of that. But what I love about your story and your process was that you just found out what worked best for you. And this is what works best for you. For sure. Yeah. And that's what we did. Like we were listening to, you know, Rich Roll and we were following his story and we were like, you know, for me, it wasn't a big deal to give up meat. And then we realized like, God, it just feels so good. Mm-hmm. I feel so good. So as an athlete, and you're now training for Ironman Cozumel, do you feel that you're getting everything you need from your diet?
0: And more. Absolutely. BJ and I were riding last weekend, and I I took a wrong turn, and, and I went down the worst wrong turn of my life. So we were doing intervals, um, six by 30 minutes, and I missed where the guys went. Uh, they went left, and I went straight. And About three minutes down the road, there's a farm, this big cow farm. I I don't even know how to describe it. It It's a big open field, and I kept riding, and I went over this little crest of a hill, and oh my God, it was like the worst sight I think I've seen. I don't even, I can't go back. Half a mile of cows locked up, like in the stables, and they're all standing the narrow way side by side, shoulder to shoulder for a half a mile. And I timed it, I timed it on my watch. It was a half a mile. I don't even know how many cows that is. Like a thousand, it's gotta be over a thousand cows. I would, I would guess. It was like the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I took a video of it. At the end I was like, yep, this is why I'm vegan. Yeah, like this is the right decision. Oh my God.
2: And it was right it up was against the road too. From right up against video. the road. It couldn't be any closer to my the goodness. road. My goodness. Oh my God.
0: It was heartbreaking. And they were all staring at me like their little necks were going with me as I moved down the road. They didn't they didn't move or say anything. It was like one of the saddest things I've ever seen. And Did you just
1: feel that like sadness? Yeah.
0: It reiterated the decisions that I've made. You know, like maybe I had to see that, but man oh man, my heart just dropped. I knew I wanted to take a take a video of it because I can't even explain like I say a half a mile of cows shoulder to shoulder and you probably think oh yeah that's a lot of cows but what it really was was a half a mile of cows I'm going 18 miles an hour for uh, over two minutes and it's just crazy 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 to see it was heartbreaking
1: Oh my gosh!
0: So yeah, now now when I see that, now when I like go into you know drive drive past a you know a butchery or whatever, like it's like that's 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 what you're getting. Yeah, they're all looking at me as I bike by. It was so sad.
2: You're making that connection between what goes on your plate and where it actually comes from. Sure. And when you make that connection, it's it's so impactful. It's yeah. so heavy, and and I know. I know that it's difficult to digest at times. Yeah, um, we've had some deep experiences on this trip. Whether we're driving on the road oh, and we yeah. see the cattle trucks drive by, or we're staying at a farm, and every time we go back and forth from the farm, we see more farms. So it's out there, and I think when it's it's important to to make that connection yeah. and not just see them for what they are but see them more for why they're there and and what we're what what their end result is so what you're saying is it just reinforced everything that you've done for the past three years that you've turned yeah um yeah that's
1: that's that's a vision you're never gonna forget ever you know, and I little
0: eyes following me, like as I travel down the road, it was so I can't even describe it in a way that does it justice. It was just, I've
1: had a a few intense moments on this trip from things that I've seen. And, and there's also some visions that I've, I have in my head from movies that I've watched that I just, they, they can't be erased. And there's no mistake of what we see. And it's when we're, we're open to receiving it. And yeah, I don't think that that was a wrong term, but whoa, that was intense. It was intense for sure. Yeah. So make no mistake. I don't want anyone to make any mistake. Like when you're vegan or you're plant-based or whatever it is that you call yourself, like seeing things like this is not easy. It's actually, it's so it's so much easier to just be like I need my steak, you know? And yeah, like I know it comes from cows, but whatever. And then it's like, you know, it comes from cows and you need your steak, but everything in between is like blacked out. It's completely blacked out. That's a much easier way. That is such an easier way. But the damage that gets done in living that way is, um, it's just, it's like reprehensible. It's it's just, it's, and, and I was, I was a contributor. For sure. Yeah, huge.
0: Well just what we were talking about before I was I was curious I mean everybody I think the majority of people who make the change were once a contributor like as yeah. I was asking before like there's few and far between people that have been full on vegan their whole lives without you know making some conscious decisions along the way it's not an ignorant choice it's a choice out of consciousness I think
1: Oh, huge. And and whether whatever your entry point is, you know, whatever your if it's health or whatever, it's still a conscious choice. Like, I want to be healthier. And the research now is just, you know, you can't. It's undeniable. (laughs) We interviewed Dr. Neil Barnard and he was just like, there's just no excuses anymore. Like what's available for doctors to know at this point? is just it's just there's no excuses at this point. I'm so glad you shared that. And I'm so glad you're a plant-based athlete. <laughs> so you're going to the And yeah, I just family. want to say one more thing. Like when you eat this way, I don't feel like – I feel like I'm sacrificing anything. Like tonight we had a plant-based fettuccine Alfredo, which was – wasn't that good? That was like didn't so it? good. I mean, I don't know, like... really know at this point what fettuccine Alfredo tastes like, but <laughs> – because I never used to order it because I'd always be like, it's a heart attack on a plate. Like, I can't get it. But I've had bites there. Well, but you never got the there. tour
0: of Italy from, uh, <laughs> from what's it called, Olive Garden?
1: No, no. I just go for the breadsticks and, and the free breadsticks the free and Free breadsticks and salad. Yeah. yeah, we were broke when we used to go to. Olive. We should probably start going back. But I thought it was pretty amazing. And, you know, that was actually leftovers from last night because we were also stuffed. And then. We just I sautéed up some garlic and shallots and blanched some broccoli and asparagus, asparagus and, and you threw that me how to in blanche. there.
0: I What's never, that? I, you taught me how to blanch. I, I didn't just know. learned how to blanch. Did, so I, I didn't now know what I was it was. Now I was able
1: to serve <laughs> people who love to blanch. And then uh, roasted up some butternut squash and it was like Perfect. so so yummy. So there's nothing. feel so good. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: like,
1: actually, I was feeling like really tired earlier, and then after we ate, because it's. 940 at night like this is crazy like I'm never up (laughs) this late it's a late late. podcast and at 830 we were like all right, let's podcast whereas if you had like an Alfredo we'd probably be sitting on the couch with our pants unzipped
2: (laughs) passed out yeah (laughs) the
0: TV on (laughs) more wine more wine
1: (laughs) yeah exactly but instead I'm like I'm ready to go we're riding the high vibe All right, so you're moving into Cozumel and you're training with the Iron Cowboy we're
0: Three weeks out. We're James doing Lawrence, good. who yes. we just
1: we all just were podcast. hanging out in Utah. A <laughs> little shout out to James, who kept us captive in Utah for six days. <laughs> that's so awesome. we were only gonna go for like a day.
0: I think that's so awesome.
1: Yeah, so how are you feeling? Are you feeling prepped I'm and ready? Feeling good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wasn't this is was a, a last minute not a last minute, but within the last couple of weeks decision for me. I raced Coeur d'Alene back in August and I knew I didn't really race to my potential and I was kind of bummed out about that, but I've been there before and I kind of know how to deal with it. And I just like, man, okay, maybe, you know, I got like one more shot. The, the end goal has always been to try and get the, uh, the coveted Kona spot, but yeah, I missed it, missed it by two slots and then previous uh, time missed it by one slot. So it kind of been flirting with, with that. And I don't know why it's such a goal. I, everybody's like, Oh, you know, why you keep, doing it like what what motivates you to keep doing it i'm just like i don't i don't know i just feel like i feel like i'm I'm flirting with it so like why not give it a go and and this is kind of the last i just turned 29 so this is this will be the last chance in the 29 to or the 25 to 29 age group so i feel like it's it's a time to go for it
1: what are the qualifying times looking like? What did they look like last year in Cosimo?
0: I wish I could say I don't know. Oh, um, you're just
1: pulling it up. But we're getting the, stats.
0: No, no, no. I wish I could say I, I do yeah. know. I wish I could say I don't know. The fir- oh, you the do two know. the two qualified last year did nine thirties.
1: Yeah. Um, guess what? The thirty to thirty fours go faster. I know. Thirty five to thirty nines go faster. And this freaking forty <laughs> forty four, like it's crazy. Like I know. everybody just keeps getting faster.
0: So, yeah, so I, if there's a time to do it for me, it's it's one more time. And I've put a lot of time and energy over the past five years into Ironman. And I just feel like if I go for it and don't make it happen this year, I'll, I'll be happy with the energy I put into it over the past five years. I'm very content with that. But um, I just felt like in my heart I wanted to give it one more shot.
1: Well, and I know your coach believes in you because I was sitting across the table last Friday night. and he just kept looking at you and saying you're going to qualify for Kona. And that's a hard thing to hear, right? Is that a hard thing to hear and and to agree with?
0: I've been thinking about that a lot. I don't know. I felt so confident. The past two races I've felt so confident. I don't know what it looks like. I look up to people back in Boston who tell me, like, it took me ten times. It took me a dozen times.
1: Then there's just people it takes one time.
0: And then there are and people they're like, just Kona, what's and Kona? Yeah, I got yeah. a slot.
1: There's <laughs> <Yeah>. those people. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So I don't know how to um, put that in my brain yet. There's a lot out of your control when you're going for something that's not, it's not like a Boston qualifier where you go, got to run a 305, and then you get into Boston and you get to, to apply to be in Boston. So I just want to go out and feel like I left it all out there.
1: You don't feel like you've put it all out there before?
0: I, I do feel like I've put it all out there before. I'm just envious of that clip of, of the Brownlee brothers, you know, and I know the race is a quarter of a distance, but that doesn't take away from any of the the effort. But I just feel like, yeah, if I could like just not die, but <laughs> pass out at the finish line, run out of energy at the finish line, like that's the efficiency. Like you put it all out there. And you still raced your smart race, and and really dug deep. Then um, I, then I'll be happy with not doing another Ironman Man for a while. It's been a, a long four years.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> it's been a long it. journey. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, well, speaking of digging, you uh, you kind of dug yourself a grave recently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess so. Um,
1: <laughs> after uh after Chattanooga, we saw like record DNFs at Chattanooga, yeah. Iron Man, right? And um you were inspired to write a blog post. And yes. so why don't you tell us what the what the name of the blog post, like what inspired it? What did you want to say? Like what was your point? But start with the, the name of it.
0: The name of it, I, I actually, I changed um, after I got a lot of.
2: You kind of changed it's, it. You got some feedback. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: so it started off, it was, it was um, the pussification of 140.6. And, and I realized that was the wrong choice of words. I didn't mean it in a misogynistic um, kind of way. It was just like you know, like you hear the term like oh, yeah, I, I pushed out or like yeah. you know, like don't be a sourpuss. Like that. that's that's how I and 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 it was it was the wrong choice of words you don't want to those put into
1: going after you, man. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, yeah, but I can see how it was misconstrued, yeah. and I appreciate that. And I don't. Um, it wasn't the best choice of words in to, to put into a, a public forum um, that was uh, open to be construed. In any way, because so, you anyways, knew that
1: this, you knew this blog post was going to create some controversy. I knew it was going to
0: ruffle some feathers. Yeah. Um,
1: so, what did the title end up being?
0: The wussification.
1: Uh, the wussification of one hundred and forty point six.
0: So, I definitely could have done a little more research. It was kind of a knee jerk reaction, and I just, I just meant it to say that I feel like people can dig deeper it gotten a lot of a lot more comments or hits that i've ever seen and i don't i haven't i tried to read through them all once but i just lost the energy for it some of the the comments were just not worth any sort of time or energy like i think i got a couple of people that just said like if you man like straight up i was like well i think i appreciate your your your, your feedback but i think you missed the point point. one of the cliche quotes that go around a lot of people don't give enough on their first win to know that they have a second win, and I feel like there's few and far between times in in my athletic career, I probably a handful of times, if not less, that have actually like been down in that hole and, and totally faced it, fa- you know it faced the fear and just kept pushing and just kept going. And I know how good that feels at the finish line like having faced all that adversity and I wish that everybody could feel that good just faced with all your fears and your biggest like absolute worst fear, whatever that may be in the race. Like I have a friend who who started a marathon. She, she said, um, I have two goals. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, uh, run fast. I'm gonna be happy and I'm not gonna shit my pants. (laughs) And that was that was it. Like, that was her biggest fear. And sure enough, like, probably, I don't know, probably three and a half, almost coming up on four hours, and she's coming up with only two or three miles to go left. And sure enough, she's she ran around the corner, and she sees me, and I'm cheering for her. I'm like, I can't believe you're, you're doing so great. You're going to finish blah, blah, blah. Shit, my pants. She looks at me crying. <laughs> she's <was laughs> like, but she kept going, and she kept digging deeper and I just remember like that like that is like that's what that's what you do this for not to show your pants but just to face whatever it is you fear the most and how are you going to do battle? you guys talk about the warrior path just being ready for anything at all times and it's like most of the time you don't even know what to expect so how can you be ready for it but just knowing that you're going to be able to go into battle and then whatever comes out the other side, being proud of. So when you cross that finish line, just saying like, Oh my God, that was the worst, but I did it. I'd love to see people talk about that more rather than I had to choose my words carefully rather than quit early And, and sometimes DNFing and, and quitting is completely justified. I'm, I'm the last person that's going to judge, but most of the times I think people can just go to that next level of going to battle.
1: Do you feel yeah. this in Iron Man specifically? Because in your blog post, you say in a couple paragraphs down, to get to the main point of my rant, and you're very clear that this was a rant,
0: yep. um, <laughs>
1: is signing up for Iron Man becoming trendy? Is the slogan "anything is possible" in need of a gut check? Because to me, it's more sounding like anyone can sign up. And so, do you feel like this? Are you, do you feel like this is Iron Man, or do you feel like this is marathons and five Ks and ten Ks and?
0: Everybody's you willingly sign up for this stuff. There's different reasons, but like I would, I would argue that the majority of people sign up to. To do their best and see what they can do. I just don't know why you would want to sign up without truly testing yourself.
1: So you're assuming that there's people out there that are signing up for Ironman, but quitting well be before.
0: That was the target. Yes, I those know are the
1: people that you're talking to because you get a lot of responses from people who are like, "I'm trained by a pro. I, yeah. you know, I've done. I've been to Kona five times. I." Yeah. Had an injury leading into Those aren't this. Those are the people that
2: this was directed yeah. at. What really.
1: happened was everybody took it personally. I think so. Everyone, I just wanted to, they look. did not see who the, the intent was for. And, you know, in, in to play the devil's advocate, we were talking about the fear of quitting jobs and things like that. Like the feeling that you were having before you quit your job, so many people are living that and they might live that for the rest of their life right? And they'll never be able to do it. So sometimes the biggest thing that someone can do is not only sign up, but just get to the starting line. And if yeah. they can get to the starting line, they're like, oh my God, I've given yeah. it my all. Right? Yeah. So I That's think
0: awesome. <laughs> what,
1: what you showed is perspective. Like you have a perspective. I have a different perspective. BJ probably has a different perspective. Like we were really talking about this in the car. The people who attacked you were completely on the defense, but they also had a different perspective.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: But you have the right to share your perspective. And that day, it was, and this blog post was for those people that you feel just kind of sign up for it and maybe Here's the thing, tap yeah. out a little early.
0: Yeah, like the main. I say target, but it wasn't target. It was I a guess rant. It was. You had a yeah. target. So so yeah. Like, I just, I don't like the the sign up, post about it on social media for six months, and then wuss out, for lack of a better term. Like, this is my, my main point. Like, if you can ask yourself, and you are the only judge of yourself, if you can tell yourself, like, oh, I really gave it my all, like, and I couldn't. I just couldn't do the swim. You get a mile into the swim and you can be honest and true to yourself and no one else, no one else cares. But if you can talk to yourself in a true and honest voice and say, I gave it my all and I didn't give up, then you need to be proud of that. Like, and whether it's a mile into the swim or, or whether it's, or it's just a mile into a 5k, like I doubt you're going to get people that to say like, oh yeah, I just, you know, every now and again, yeah, sure. I just didn't, I just needed my all, but you just need to be true to yourself, um, with, with these answers. And, of, and
1: in that respect, then your perspective, like really shouldn't matter to them.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Cause it's just
1: your perspective. You don't know what's going on in their head or their body in that moment.
0: For sure. And, right. and that's the thing, like, I don't care. Right. But I just know how good it feels to face that. And like I said, I'm not saying that every race I triumph over adversity. Like, I give in, you know, that's, that's why I signed up for Cosmelo because I didn't feel like I, you know, I gave up on myself within the last eight miles. I didn't, I didn't do a good job. And I'm honest with myself, like, okay, like, I want to go out and race again. Like, do I really want to race again? Like, you're the only person that you have to answer to.
1: So I have a question. So, if this idea of what we see in the world is a mirror of ourselves, is this really? If is this rant really directed at you?
0: Sure, it could be. I guess I, I mentioned in in the article the past two Ironmans that I've done. One of them is a PR, but I still didn't give it my. I still I gave up myself. Again, mile eighteen, started walking. I even saw the kid. I saw the kid with a stupid twenty-eight on his calf and he passed me. <laughs> and I and I and I just I, I just saw him and I saw him get smaller and smaller and I gave up. And I think another point of the article is if you decide to give up, don't place the blame on anything except yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean I can't accept the excuse of, I mean, whatever, whatever it is, Chattanooga was hot and I know it was hot and I know you should, it's unhealthy to race in the heat or push your body. And I'm not telling people to go until they pass out, but just if you give up, you need to own it. You can't, you can't hide behind the fact that it was X degrees or whatever. Like just be proud of it. You know, if you gave up, after giving it your all and you're proud of it, there's no need for an excuse.
1: So you had pointed us in the direction of a, of a podcast, Endurance on Fire, where the, the uh-huh. host basically went through this blog post piece by piece.
0: Yeah, and really dissected it. Yeah, really dissected it. To the point it. where I couldn't even finish his he podcast. He agreed
1: with a lot of what um, you were saying. And then when he didn't agree, my perspective on that was he just kind of called you a
2: name. It was very right? belligerent. Yeah.
1: you yeah. <laughs> <point> was... <laughs> would get like a little belligerent. Some... And um, I think one of the things that you talked about, which is what I feel like you were just getting at, is that he, was, he really drilled in t- this idea of the difference between a reason and an excuse.
0: Okay. I didn't make that and far. The, and the reason. <laughs> you know, Sorry. And the
1: reason, the reason uh, being the one that you truly own. And I think that's exactly what you were just saying. Sure. And again, I'm not saying I agree with any of this or I don't agree with it. I'm just giving you space to share your perspective. But an excuse being like, it was hot, I couldn't do it. Like as opposed to owning whatever the quote unquote reason, if I'm going to quote this guy, like the reason. So a difference between a reason and an excuse.
0: Sure. I think a reason starts with I. I think a reason looks intrinsically does it start with I, or, or does it start with something else? Oh, it was hot out, or I didn't plan for the heat. I think. Right,
1: so I being like, you Except own it, you're owning like, it. Right. So what do you want, and we'll link to this blog post so people can read it and maybe leave you a couple other comments. Um, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. had you had comments that think- were completely belligerent, and then you had comments that people were like agreeing. And I just, I want to share one thing. And it wasn't that long ago when the mass starts were taken away at Ironman, I was really, I think, well, I definitely was attached to those mass starts. I loved Mm -hmm. those mass starts. And when that was taken away, I was pissed. And I used the way, I remember a Facebook post I did linking to the the article about the swim safe, swim start program and um, said, you know, What's up with, I think I even called it the wussification or why is Iron Man wussifying their events? And I used hey that word, huh? <laughs> I know. And I, and I posted it and I remember <laughs> afterwards thinking about it and thinking about how mean that was for me to do yeah. and how that didn't feel that didn't feel good to me. It felt very judgmental and it felt very pointing the finger and it also felt very separatist. Like I was better because yeah. I could do a mass start and I would say, well, if you can't do a mass start, then you shouldn't do an Ironman. So this was me. Like I get it. Yeah. When this came out, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, yeah. God, I did the same damn thing. Now, How
0: long did it take for you to make that sh- that shift? Oh, it was, the pre- post. it was pretty quick. Okay.
1: It was pretty quick. And, and then I started to think about Iron Man is a business, right? They're a business. Uh They've got a bottom line and it keeps growing every single year. And so where are they seeing their their biggest growth? They're seeing it with these people who are making huge life changes, who are like, I can do this. Anything is possible. And I started to see it from this other perspective that regardless of what I thought about the mass start, that was my own attachment and my own crap that I had to deal with. But what this company was doing, and I had a choice to do their races or not do their races. Exactly. And, but what this company was doing, it was giving, it was opening up a gateway. It was giving an access point for people to start to believe in themselves. And I, and I saw then like this much bigger picture with my ego removed and was like, so what? Yeah. If it's not a mass start anymore. So what? maybe that's going to make the person who never would sign up for an Ironman now sign up and get to the starting line and finish this race because they were so panicked about the swim. You know, I just started to look at it from uh, a 10,000-foot view up above, Mm -hmm. right? I just started to look down on it. So I guess what I'm saying is I absolutely get your rant. I absolutely get it because – I probably would have written it at one point in my life. Yeah. Now I just see it as, you know, I don't know what people's access or exit points are. And I truly believe that no matter what I would do, that I believe that everyone is out there doing the best they can, regardless of if I think that their limits are acceptable or not.
0: Right. I agree with you on 100%. I, uh, a couple of the comments were like why do you care why do you care and it's just there's two lanes I kind of want to touch on like I want to share that feeling of pushing through and I think I think it'd be special if everybody got to feel it at least once and I guess this piece was kind of supposed to be a a, a a tough love. Like, you know, there's there's a time and place for like, oh keep going. Like, you know, we we you got your great. back. Yeah, you look great, you know, blah blah blah. And then there's a time and place for, listen, get your butt in gear. Like stop feeling sorry for yourself. And it's hard to know unless you really know the person. It's hard to know when when to do both or either. So I had been posting a lot about like feel good stories on my blog and it was getting a lot of likes and it was, it was, it was, it, it felt good to me to like share these stories, but like, I just, I feel for the people who gave up on themselves too early prematurely gave up on themselves. And that's intrinsic. That's within you. Like I said, answer to yourself. Cause I know how bad that feels at the end of the race. Like,
2: ah, why did I give up so early?
0: Like whatever. I think a lot of the controversy also stirred in, me being a a brand new writer with this blog that was getting a decent amount of hits, I feel like I just maybe played the keyboard on on all the nerves. Like you kind of go up and down the keyboard. (laughs) So I just like kind of just rant and just said like, oh, let me just talk on all the subjects so I can piss everybody off or get everybody pumped. And like you said, everybody kind of took it personally. And another thing is... The, the, hardest, the hardest thing for me um, in, in hearing all those comments was hearing that people perceived me as an elitist. That's what hurt them. And that's kind of what drove me to stop reading the comments because I, I just it was hard to hear that just because I root for everybody. Being labeled as an elitist and, and knowing how much I don't care about the time, I just want you to push yourself that's that's kind of what what hurt the most and if i could go back and change some of the words in there to to take people's perspective of me as an elitist away i think that's what i would kind of change the most but that's their that's their
2: perception of you from right, that right, from, right right from right right and, it and why do you mean care right, again exactly. again
0: but it just i yeah. don't know why i do like i don't want people to think of me right. like that when it doesn't matter no i don't care and in Cozumel, if you think for two seconds that I'm not going to think about this, I'm going to think about yeah, slowing it's down. Kill you a little <laughs> bit, right? And I'm not going to think about everybody throwing throwing bombs, lobbing grenades at me. <laughs> and then, then, sure, maybe that's right selfishly. I don't think I don't think so. But like, that's that's um, definitely going to be thinking about that in a few weeks. <laughs> so there's two
2: things. There's two things I'm seeing from this. One, and correct me, and jump in at any point. One. You have a feeling that's overwhelming and compels you to share with the people that that you want them to feel what you feel. Like pushing through and getting across the finish line and, and feeling like you pushed yourself to your best ability and you want people to feel that feeling. like that, Best
0: feeling in the world.
2: Best feeling in the world. You want to, you want them to capture that. Whether it's a PR or not. That, yeah, it doesn't like matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's the feeling. Right. So we get that. Two, I want to touch upon Iron Man and... It is a business and they are all the marketing efforts are about getting more people into Ironman because when you get more people into Ironman, you're a more successful business because you're getting $800 every time, right? Right. So the average Joe who wants to get into Ironman can get in now because the marketing is like anything is possible. When in reality, this is an epic day-long endurance event that takes, I guess, six months or more of training. Sure. I mean, if you're just new, you should be training for more than a year. I agree. To, to <laughs> get, and you have to sign up a year in advance. However, Ironman has changed now and, you know, there's events open a month before and you can still jump into an Ironman. So, I feel like Ironman has made it more accessible.
0: It's a super interesting point, for sure.
2: For anyone... To get in there and do it. And, and they're a business. So people, I don't think people realize Iron Man is a business. Like they are in there to make money. They are producing more events. There was one announced today, Iron Man 70.3 Panama City. Yeah. They're just popping up all over the place and they're not selling out anymore. The days of getting online, like concert tickets, we had yeah. to call in when the band was announced. I think those are the two points I take away from it. One is you want them to feel. What you feel when you push yourself a line, and I can completely relate with that. I, when I come across that finish line, and I know that I've done my best, whether PR or not, it's something. Oh, I wish I could share with everybody. I get it, and then Iron Man just just opening up the floodgates and letting everybody sure. in because they want the tattoo and they want they want to um, be part of the Iron Man community, and and I get that, and maybe that's not the appropriate way to go maybe as iron man increases more events maybe the logistics of it needs to change like qualifying events or qualifying times or some some proof that you've done some training
0: but i want to clarify those two points. At very least knowing what knowing what it's going to entail
2: right it's not a 5k (laughs) it's not a 10k it's not a half marathon it's it's a commitment
1: yeah it's a commitment and i think Overall, what I take away from all of this is that we all need to do a lot of work at accepting the perspectives of others. Because that's what makes us unique. So you and I can look at that map that's on the wall and see two totally different things. And if I don't like what you see, you know, I might attack you for that or give you, you know, a response that maybe you didn't. Expect. But the fact of the matter is, everybody listening, regardless of what you think, there is no right and there is no wrong when it comes to perspective. It's that person's unique take on whatever it is they're looking at or the experience that they're talking about. And all of this defensiveness and this, and even I think what you were writing is really a reflection of what we need to work on within ourselves.
0: Right. That's really, I, you've been saying that at least maybe once every time we talked, I think it just, <laughs> yeah. the bell rung in my brain, but yeah, you gotta you be careful. Like how does the world see you and how do you want to be seen? Because right. You can say a million things in a million different ways. I mean, but I,
1: you know, to live your, your, your truth, to really be authentic you got to be okay with people not liking you, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like those people are going to fall away. So some people may have fallen away and some people may have come to you Mm -hmm. in this, right? And it's all just alignment, It is right? So you may have been able to rid a few people from your tribe that weren't supposed to be there anymore, right? There are no mistakes. And I don't think that you know, hindsight, going back and changing any of those words, because I think it was delivered exactly the way it was supposed to. It came out in a moment of emotion. And then what you received was exactly that. A lot of moments of emotion. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. All right. So what would be one thing that um, you would like to clarify? Just one thing you want to clarify from that blog
2: post?
0: Well, yeah, just... Like I said, the the elitist thing really bugged me, but um but now that you mentioned that, now that you now that you said I don't know, the past five minutes, the reflection piece I don't know, it sounds childish, but like, you know, it's a it's it's what they wanted to say. It's what resonated the most with them. Like I said, I kinda played on every single string, but what the comment whatever somebody else's comment was is probably a reflection of their Is insecurity the right word? (laughs) Well, I mean, Um, it it
1: could be, but it's er, er. it's looking at what the essence of that feeling is, what the essence, what the deep, deep essence of whatever that emotion is that they were feeling when they posted that. What is that essence? Is it anger? Is it... Sadness? Is it feeling that they felt that maybe they didn't matter? You know, whatever the essence was, and, and for you too, like the essence of that rant, whatever the essence, the very, very essence. Exactly. Yeah. That's the I work. Totally get what you're saying. That's yeah. the work. So you, my friend, are a guru yeah, because right. <laughs> you just showed all those people what was unhealed within them. And they you are
0: welcome. Right. And they gave it right back to you. (laughs) Absolutely. And so
1: it's to look at it in that way. It was a beautiful exchange and I'm glad it's out there. So we'll link to that in the show notes.
0: You guys put it in such a good way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if people want to to know more about you, where can they find you on social media and your blog? What is it?
0: The Instagram is half a tree. Um, I love that. Half a tree. <laughs> just my, my high school nickname because I was again, an offensive lineman. I was half of it. My last name is half a So it was kind of half a tree. Um, Cause I was bigger. And then, um, the, uh, blog is act as if, uh, dot com or dot blogspot.com. Um, All right.
1: Well, we'll link to that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool so it's late it's time for bed it's time for bed
0: <laughs> all right
2: good luck Billy in Cozumel I yeah. know you're ready bro I mean I've been riding and uh you tortured me on the run <laughs> and uh you're looking fit so I can't wait to see and follow you on uh, on race day so good luck in Cozumel I
0: appreciate it thank you guys so much and dude you better leave, it all, <laughs> you better so leave no. it
1: all out there you better leave it all out there don't know. you quit on us
0: <laughs> you guys are right <laughs>
1: That's it. Our chat with the one and only half a tree. What did you guys think? Let us know in the comments on the blog post for this episode or at Yogi Triathlete on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And if you're just digging the pod all over, please take a few minutes to leave us a review on iTunes. Use the Amazon banner ad and get to Patreon to support the show. These links are all in the show notes. All right. So what's up with Billy now? Okay. The storm has subsided from his wussification rant. Unless, of course, this show stirs that storm back up. Who knows? But it's all just perspective sharing anyway, right? I mean, that understanding right there is a life changer. How did Billy do in Cozumel? Well, I'm super pumped to say that he qualified for Kona. And because he lives in the real world, he realizes that Kona doesn't come cheap. So he has moved back to the Northeast and taken a job that will allow him to live out his aloha dreams. And even though this may not have been Billy's original vision, moving back to take a job doesn't mean that he's off his path for finding purpose. It means that he's still on his path. And this is the best part. And he's finding what is helping him out so much is a daily meditation practice. Yeah, Billy, yogi triathlete right there. And on top of this, not only does he have Kona on his path, but he also has his eyes set on getting his 200-hour certification to teach yoga this year. So I would say this guy is very much still on the path. And remember that when the path takes a turn, you guys, it doesn't mean we've fallen off. It means we are still on And it has nothing to do with what it looks like. It has everything to do with your relationship to that change. So we'll catch up with you guys next week with another episode of the YTP. Thank you for all your support and keep riding that high vibe of life.